one whose worth lies far within the diamond in the rough. Technological developments have had as great an impact on our lives as these two idiots. Thought tells me you two are pretty good. Best in the company. Golly, I'm so impressed. You're talking about line of sight. Yeah, that's right, exactly. Welcome to Line of Sight. My name's Adam. My name's Nathan. And how is Nathan today? Tired, but good. Uh, yeah, nothing is happening in the world of movies. Tenant did not bring anything back. I was considering going to see Tenant again, uh, just yeah. because. <laughs> And I almost, I kind of wanted to go to the drive-in. Uh, it was playing with Unhinged. Right. I was like, that wouldn't be bad, but yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. So, whatever. Yeah, tired. That's a common thing. I'm so tired every day, <laughs> and it's like that's one of the symptoms of. COVID, it's like tiredness or fatigue. It's like most of these symptoms are me every day. <laughs> yeah. Unless you have a fever, I think that's the big one. Yeah. Because everything else is a symptom of everything else, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, uh, on our, on our outing to, um, the shops, while back, we hit up Dollarama, and I found some Marvel comics. I have purchased quite a few of those, uh, making a killing, <laughs> or what a savings at least, by Grab Thar's <laughs> Hammer. That's a good point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you don't have to buy anything, you're not really doing anything. Yeah. I like but, That's how I argue, too. They... Uh, just recently, they started um, some DC comics have been showing up. Ooh. And today I got uh, the new 52 Superman action comics. I don't know if the blur is going to even show that. I see some of it. Uh, so is that like how many comics is in there? So one to eight. Okay. So that's. A uh, a decent run collected in there, and then there's one called it's another Superman Emperor Joker with a nice little cover. It's the Joker's world. We just die in it. Dun, dun, dun. And these are only three dollars. The Marvel ones have been four. There are other DC, <laughs> but I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I didn't get any others. There were others, but it's like I can't pick up in the middle of anything. I'm not, even though with some of the Marvel ones, I'll I'll buy almost anything depending on what the title is. But uh, yeah, I've spent like over a hundred dollars on the Marvel ones, 
but it's like they would be over like like five times what I've paid for them. So that's why I'm no, that's uh, just free for all. When they started the new fifty two, going with you to that guy's place in a real or Innisfil, yeah, I had got like the first I don't know ten. I don't know, maybe less of the Batman one with the owl storyline, but then I just stopped. I think I at least have the first one of the Batman one. Uh, it's either Batman or Detective Comics, I forget which. Yeah. Probably Batman. And I know I have the trade paperback of Aquaman, so it's like the first ten or Aquaman. five or ten. <laughs> but yeah, that, that one is good. Like, I like <laughs> That new fifty two Aquaman is good. Yeah, I I had a phase there. I'm not super into comics. I like them. I like the idea of them, but I'll get once in a while still like a famous or yeah critically acclaimed one. But yeah, yeah, I'm not. But that actually brings up. Uh, not what our show is today, but I was honestly thinking you were talking about uh, Marvel's Avengers stuff. And we should do that. And I was thinking, like, just tackle two or three movies at a time and do one a month. Let's just set it. Yeah. Starting in October, we'll do one a month, one episode a month. Of that kind of stuff until uh, end game. <laughs> that would take a long time. Well, that's perfect. Or it doesn't even so, have yeah, to be once I'm a month. With that. But well, if you take three at a time, that's not three yeah, at a time. I guess would be only. So uh, I think that tw- you get twelve done in four months. I'm trying to think of how many there are now. Five months, eighteen done in six months. Well, if we could do three in an episode, that's pretty dense. Some of the movies, I think we could have some some deep conversations. Like, yeah, I don't know if I. I think I'm scared to actually rewatch them all. I would be excited to rewatch them with Max and just like, okay, give him this storyline. But I don't think I'll like them as much as I... Like, I grew to like them more and more. I was the biggest fan at Endgame. <laughs> right? <laughs> so yeah. then it's like... Well, gonna... yeah, that's like one of the, our... Not original, but we had a huge debate about Thor... When it right. came out, yeah, and you were so saying I've only it seen is not it. a good movie. <laughs> that was your stance on it. I'm c- fairly confident I've only seen it once. Maybe I have seen it twice. I don't remember. I know I've only seen Dark World once, and I fell asleep. Uh, so yeah, all the other. Maybe you like them more now that you are more into them from Endgame, you'll appreciate them because you're into the characters. So what's it? It goes Iron Man. So 
Iron Man, Incredible Hulk. Okay. Iron Man 2, Thor, Captain America, Avengers is phase one. Um, I'm fuzzy on the, the second phase. I know what would be in it, but the order, right. I, I have lost at some point. I knew maybe Iron Man 3, Winter Soldier, uh, The Dark World. Age of Ultron. Guardians? Yeah, I forget what... Like, it wasn't an Avengers movie that ended it. I've, yeah, it's Guardians gets thrown in there and maybe Ant-Man. Right. But yeah, it's like... Yeah, there's so many. <laughs> and I watch them all regularly. Maybe not all of them Still? that regularly. But I've, like, I've definitely gone through them recently like not within the last year i've seen single movies within the last year but in the past two years i've probably seen them all again yeah i don't know what i watched i think i watched something relatively recently but yeah I was not eager to go back but i am eager to go back to discuss them <laughs> But just yes. to do it on my own. But yeah. Now, this is perfect. In Infinity War, um, Thanos sets out to collect the Infinity Stones, which in the comics are referred to as Infinity Gems. So he is looking for these gems that one might call hidden And today we are talking hidden gems. Speaking of movies, uh, those movies that no one talks about, but they should. (laughs) Maybe uh, came in below the radar, didn't get the hype that they they should have had. Or uh, I don't know uh, what would uh, count on your list if there's anything that's maybe forgotten. But uh, I think mine are more just, they, sh- they need a little bit more attention than they got. Uh, I don't think they ever had their time in the, in the spotlight. Um, I have a list. I came up with 10. Two of them were kind of stretches, so I'm going to cut them out. Um, I have nine here, but I have a feeling that at least two of them probably have been discussed before. Maybe, so that's fine. We can it doesn't matter. <laughs> play it fast and loose, as we always do. Mine range from 20, no, 1995, I think is the oldest. Yeah. And go as recent as 2017, I think. Yeah. And I, I think I was debating my order right up until us recording. I think I'm going to try and keep it. The most, uh, or like least to most that I'm passionate about. So we'll kind of start off slow. It's still good movies, but like the later ones are, or the ones that I, I really want to spread the word about. So, uh, well, how about you take us in, dive in okay. there, Adam. So 
again, everything comes back to Marvel. Thor Ragnarok was a huge hit, directed <laughs> by Taika Waititi, that not many people knew much about him, but everyone goes back to his previous film, which was called What We Do in the Shadows, which got a series and has had lots of success, probably also because of Thor, people going back to it. But there was an earlier film that I saw of his. Well, actually, I found out there's actually one going way back called Eagle versus Shark that I actually own. And I don't really remember much of it, but it was kind of a, it made sense when I found out that he was the same guy that did Thor and what we do in the shadows. But he had a film in 2016. This is 2016. When did Thor come out? I guess that's pretty recent. Uh, so he did one called Hunt for the Wilder People. Mm-hmm. I have not seen it, but I've heard about it. Yeah, and I don't. I feel like not many people have heard of it, and it is very New Zealand. <laughs> um, it was on Netflix for a while. I don't think it still is. Um, it does have. This is also probably the one that people have seen the most, at least looking at uh, what you call it, um, Letterbox. So that's partially also the order I'm going in is most well-known to least. Um, so it has a pretty high rating. There's over 100,000 people that have logged it, so obviously it's not completely unknown, but I think the common person probably hasn't seen it or heard of it. But um, where do you see how many people have logged it? There's, um, it says members and there's like an I. Right. So you put that. That's how many have marked it as watched. Okay. And how many and in the, this? So this one has 134,000. Okay. So not, not completely off the radar, but... Like I said, we'll ease into this. Um, So Hunt for the Wilder People. When you first see the title, it looks like Wilder People, but it's kind of a play on Wildebeest, and it's a line in the movie. Um, Stars Sam Neill and this boy that people will know now from... Uh, Deadpool 2 is probably what he's more well known for now but this movie came first and he's pretty much the exact same character they obviously saw him in this and were like yes we want that kid in Deadpool 2 and he's he's basically the same kid but with powers in that movie Uh, he's mouthy he's vulgar but he's hilarious and uh He's just like this little fat white boy, but he's always talking about like gangster rap things and and whatnot. Um, just a funny movie. Uh, I'm trying to even think of what the circumstances of it happening are. Like he's in foster care or is adopted or 
something. He's basically he's an orphan and then goes to live with um, Sam Neill and his wife. I forget if he's even married. I've seen it once. <laughs> so again, not the, not the most passionate about it, but I really loved it. Uh, so yeah, he goes to live with Sam Neill and then eventually runs away. And the story is like uh, Sam Neill kind of helping him run away to an extent. They're in the, the bush in New Zealand and everyone's out looking for him. And it becomes like this buddy, not survival movie, but like just them walking around in the woods for an hour. Uh, and it was very, very entertaining, very funny. Uh, anyone that likes those other Taika Waititi movies, then I would definitely recommend this. Um, or if you like Deadpool too, see this one because I think he's funnier and it's more genuine in this. Uh, and then, yeah, there's lots of like the cameos that he has, like Taika's in it as a priest, I think. Um, anyways, yeah, there's all his guys that he likes to use. And it's funny, um, talking about Thor in Ragnarok, Sam Neill shows up in that playing Odin as like the play version that of Odin. Sam Neill? Yeah. <laughs> Sam Neill and then uh I know Matt Damon. Matt Damon's Loki. The guy that's playing Thor is like the third Hemsworth brother. Okay. He's like no one knows who he is. Um but yeah, Sam Neill and then Jeff Goldblum is the right the, uh, I forget what his name is in that but he's the other guy so we have uh, it's, they're never on screen together but a bit of a Jurassic Park reunion there and I don't know if you've seen they've been posting photos of uh, this new one with them and Laura Dern on set together so that's coming I think that Taika Waititi should direct a Jurassic Park movie. <laughs> just, again, like Thor, just take it completely off the rails if you're going to do something silly. It's already off the rails. There's nothing. I know, it. but it still thinks it's serious. <laughs> so just make it crazy. But anyways, Hunt for the Wilder People, it was on Netflix. I don't think it is in Canada. Oh, no, it is according to Just Watch, which tells me where it's available. Also, Amazon, Google Play, YouTube, Hoopla, Netflix. Check it out. I just ran through my movies, uh, and I think I won. On the least viewed on Letterboxd. The hidden okay. of the hidden gems. What's, what are you at for that one? How many people? Yeah. I have one that's pretty low. <laughs> <laughs> Is it like... 
theatrical release? <laughs> I don't know. It might have been straight to VOD. Okay. It's 2013, so maybe it did. I don't know. No, the one I have is 2,300 views. Ooh, okay, yeah. That, mine's 3.4K. Uh, so. But I'll just uh, talk this one right away. Uh, Brian De Palma's Blowout. Have you ever seen Blowout? I don't think so. I 1981. I'm probably just from the title thinking of like Blown Away or right. something Right, I wrote like that. it. You can't see it on my paper, but I wrote Blow Away, Blow Away on the bottom. And I'm like, that's not it. I'm trying to remember what the title was. Uh, no, Blowout. So John Travolta is a sound guy for movies. Okay. Uh, And... Now I get the title. He witnesses a car crashing into a river, and he saves a woman that's in it. But then there is, like, a senator or a governor running for president or running for governor or something, doesn't matter, politician running for a position uh, that was in the vehicle as well and dies. But they're all saying it was uh, a car tire blew and the guy swerved off the road and died. But he's had his sound recording equipment out there and he thinks someone shot the tire and that's it's like a paranoid paranoid thriller type movie and it's interesting because he has the sound equipment and then there's other things come up where it conflicts with his story what they were trying to put it out there in the press and all this stuff. So I thought this was very, a very excellent movie, a very excellent movie. But I did not love it like that it's like the greatest thing ever. I think the ending suffers, but there is a couple really good scenes. I think it peaks early is the actual blowout scene because he's how it's edited, he's looking for uh, getting better wind sound for the movie that he's helping make. So he's like, he has this cool mic that he can point in different directions. So he's just doing it and like he'll point. It's weird editing where they'll have uh, like the foreground will be what he's looking at. But like, so there'll be like an owl (laughs) right in your face or a frog and all these things. And it's just interesting editing and visuals and all this stuff. Uh, Karen Allen is the woman in it and she gets on your nerves a little bit, but it's okay. Uh, it's just, it's interesting. It's a very good movie. Uh, yeah, there's just a couple of logic things that I don't think work out, but uh, it's pretty good. 
I'd uh, highly recommend a watch. Good. That's two uh, big names. De Palma and Taika Waititi. We're nailing it so far. Uh, so I was just quickly looking. What we do in the shadows actually came first, and then he did Hunt for the Wilder People, and then Ragnarok. This is right in between. <clears throat> um, I would love to next Wikidi, whatever his name is, to do. Uh, he should do a Star Wars. Like yeah, the, the Lord and Miller Han Solo would have been fun. Yeah, and he could like. I don't understand why. It's not like Star Wars is this precious thing that isn't been taken advantage of. So let him add it. He could make a great. He could do a Ragnarok Star Wars, like yeah, no problem. Well, I think now that the Skywalker saga is done, that's the kind of stuff they should do. Is the standalone? Yeah. I mean, the Mandalorian is great, but like, I don't think they should do that many series. Like, do just a one-off movie, yeah. like, but each can have their own tone. Just do the same universe, and if it fits, it fits. <clears throat> Um, this is perfect. My next one, directed by Ryan Johnson, <laughs> is 2005's Brick. And this okay. was a movie, I think people have probably heard of it more now. It's got 71,000 views, or marked as viewed, on Letterboxd. Um... I heard about it on probably like a show on like tech TV, like G4, uh, like attack of the show or something like that. Like that would have been around this time just after high school. Um, it was definitely on some show and he was, the, the reviewer was saying like, this is new movie. It's like really cool and different. Uh, and I think the review, the way he would do it is if it's like a, a rent, a buy or skip or whatever. And I think he was saying it's a buy and I forget if I did end up renting it. And then I was like, Oh, I should have bought it. Like he told me to. <laughs> and then went out and bought it later. Or if I did just do a blind buy, which back then was very rare, not like today where 90% of mine are blind buys and I have more movies than I can watch and they're just piling up. Um, so brick, another selling point, um, stars my man, JGL, Joseph Gordon Levitt. This is, this is the first thing that I really saw him in after third rock from the sun. I don't know if I ever saw, 10 Things I Hate About You. Like, I, I've seen it a few times now, but at this point, I don't think I'd seen that even. So this is like a total departure. It's very serious, and it's kind of like a film noir, but in a high school. So everyone's young, but, like, 
is very stylized the way like the dialogue is and it is kind of a detective movie even though he's, he's not a detective but he's trying to figure out this mystery and there's all these like clues and things like that like codes and things people have and there's like one guy that runs certain things but like he lives in his mom's house and when they go to visit him there's like it's a very serious scene and then i think the mom kind of like interrupts by bringing in like cookies and juice or something like that uh so it's got a little humor there but uh for the most part it's pretty pretty serious and very very good so i don't think again knowing the director like i probably found out later like after the last jedi the this was the same director. I couldn't have told you that. It's nothing like, well, I, I, I don't know if it's nothing like The Last Jedi. Maybe there are some things if I uh, were to look closely, but I don't know if he wrote it to. Um, yeah, he did. So this was like, I don't know if it's his first thing, but he wrote it, edited it, directed so it was really his his thing. So um, available on Amazon, Shutter, Flixfling, whatever that is in Canada. Um, so not as easily viewable, but if you have any of those things, um, or you can borrow my DVD listeners, I'll borrow. I'll lend it out to you. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I like it. I, I don't really know what else to say. Like it's, uh, it's pretty complicated. Um, and probably even one that like you can enjoy it and not that you don't know what's going on, but like, I think a second viewing, then you, you kind of understand it more, not like tenant where you're really like, what the heck is going on? But it's like people in this, they talk so fast and, it's almost like Shakespearean where they're speaking in metaphors and things and you can miss things, but, uh, I think it's really well done. Um, I think it's his best movie. I'd like it better than Looper or may, I haven't seen Knives Out, so who knows, but, uh, it's probably better than Knives Out. Knives Out is undeniably pretty good, but okay. Daniel Craig's by far the best part in it and then there's sections where he's not in it and it just drags <laughs> well that's that's a detriment to that one is all these big names this one it's like i don't even know if there's anyone that's made it big after there's maybe one person i can think of but i couldn't tell you what else they're in but yeah it's like joe is the only one that you really recognize and it's when he's still fairly young so um yeah it's uh definitely worth the watch uh my next one have you seen gorillas in the mist no sigourney Weaver. i know about it but no and it connects to our jurassic park discussion she thinks she's <laughs> diane fossey well she is Diane Fossey. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? 
Is that in the second one? Yeah, we're talking okay. about Sarah Harding. Yeah. Uh, she's been upwind and all that stuff, or whatever yeah. it says. Uh, <laughs> it's just this pretty much the story. I I bought it recently. I haven't rewatched it. I remember getting it from the library. Apparently, it came out in ninety eight ish. So. I really like Sigourney Weaver. I don't know why, but a lot of stuff that she's in, uh, the kids were re-watching Wally, and she's mm-hmm. the computer voice in it, and then I was just like thinking, like, I just watched Galaxy Quest. I love Alien. There's this. Uh, there's a couple other random ones, and not so random ones, like... Ghostbusters and stuff. There's something I like Sigourney Weaver. I think, I think, uh, I don't think she's underrated, but maybe underappreciated. But, uh, it's just the life and times of Diane Fossey, and it's tragic and sad at parts, but then it's interesting and it's like Congo, but for real. And, yeah, researching the gorillas. And, yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, Anything like that, going, yeah, just an adventure into the unknown jungles, stuff like that, highly recommend. I don't remember a ton of it, but I'm eager to rewatch it. I know that there's, like, it's based on a true story, so I assume it's pretty, uh, uh, faithful to the real thing, but, uh, yeah, like, there's National Geographic people involved and all this stuff, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's good. If you asked me, I probably would have said it was Jane Goodall. Right. (laughs) Because I haven't seen it, but it's like, yeah, she dealt with the right. gorillas. <laughs> she jumped, that, uh, I think Jane Goodall is more of a chimpanzee lady. Okay, and maybe. Diane Fossey's more gorillas. <laughs> okay. Gorilla! Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't have a way to tie this in. 1996. I'm going to tease for a little bit here. This is a movie that should be praised. It is a sequel. In fact, it's the third in a trilogy. I have mentioned it. No. (laughs) It's... While it's, it's debatable if it is better than its predecessor definitely the second one it's better than that but the first one is debatable this is a disney movie folks i'm talking about aladdin and the king of thieves when will aladdin and the king of thieves get its due because this is one of the best disney sequels that there is and uh I'm not ashamed to say it. The one thing that holds it back is the music. The music is not up there. 
except for the first song. The first song is great. Uh, there's a party here in Agrabah, and it goes on for like the first 10 minutes. <laughs> like mm-hmm. It's pretty drawn out. But uh, the jokes and the characters and the story, like all these things, I rated uh, when we ranked the 90s Disney, I put Aladdin, I think, at number two. And to be honest, like, Aladdin's not my second favorite. I'm regretting putting it there. But it's definitely elevated by this third one because to me it's like, yeah, Genie's got jokes. But it's like a lot of jokes that I think of are from this one. Oh, yeah. And Robin Williams returns in this one. He's not in uh, Return of Jafar, which is a terrible sequel. Um, but no, this one, it's like... I like his father. I like the bad guy. I like like all the characters are themselves. It's not like out of place. The story I think is taken from um, Arabian Nights. I think it's one of those like mm-hmm. the Forty Thieves. Uh, so it fits. It's also a kind of movie that ties in with the Aladdin TV show, where basically I think the show like is in between return of Jafar and this one. So this is like the series finale almost. And as we all know, I love a good third in a trilogy that wraps things up and gives us a happy ending. Aladdin and Jasmine finally get married as we're all waiting for. <laughs> and See, yeah, that's the thing. it kind of implies that they're getting married at the end of the first one. It implies that they will, but But it's not like that they... Their outfits imply marriage. Why would they be dressed up like that? Celebrating. (laughs) Yeah. I... You would think that they would, but no. They aren't. And, uh, yeah, they finally do in this, so they get the whole wedding thing. It's just... It's a fun ride, people. No, it's, it's excellent. And I agree the music is not the best. But I think uh, some of the uh, some of the songs are okay. Like the, uh, the bad guy song. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there are a couple that are decent. So, yeah, not just the first one. There's the... What is it? It's like, are you in or out? Like, that's okay. Um, But I think there's like... The father-son one is pretty rough. Yeah. Like, it's... But mm, the whole idea, like... And, yes, his look, Aladdin's dad's look, he looks awesome. The whole idea... He looks like Aladdin. Yeah. Like, looks like Aladdin with a beard and a little older. Whose voice is that? that? Is that... What's his name? Gimli? Uh, yeah, John Rice Davies. And then the guy with the claws is um, Jerry Orbach, who's Lumiere. And it's like completely different character. Right. But it's just like him sounding a little mean. He has a great voice. The <laughs> yeah. bad guy. And then so uh, and a great look. I remember having a McDonald's toy of him. With his Wolverine claws, it's got a great climax with the the hand of Midas and, and the quick, turtle. And, it's a quick movie. Oh, it's, 
Yeah, it's it moves pretty quickly. Yeah. I wish they had more time on that turtle, but it it works because it's there and it's gone. But yeah. no, uh, yeah, it, it is. Uh, no, it's excellent. Yeah, definitely. That's, That's one has, we had on. Uh, we had on VHS, and we did not have Return of Javar on VHS. So this one has thirty six thousand views. Um, so I mean, people have seen it, but it's got a two point eight on Letterbox. That's it's pretty low. Yeah, that's. I wrong. mean, a lot of people rating it like a, a two, two and a half. They're wrong. It is at least a four. Um, so yeah, that's one that's. It's uh, a diamond in the rough, if you will, a hidden gem, and uh, I'm sure people know of it, but they're not giving it a fair chance, and it really should be higher up on people's uh, watch list. Uh, Have I talked about the power of one before? I don't think so. No, but I've seen it, so I'm sh- maybe we've mentioned parts of it, but uh, the boxing, I don't think we've African gotten boxing movie. Yeah, we haven't really gotten into it. I think maybe something came up about the music. But right. Love the that's music. That's about it. it. It's unreal how good the music is. African music, like, this is the creme de la creme of African music. Did you see this in school? Like Maybe, high school? But I, I feel knew, like I watched it in a class. I might. You know what? But I saw it before that. Yes. I, that was like my second time I, seeing it. I, I hesitate to say, <laughs> but I'll edit this. I have to remember to edit this uh, because I'll get in trouble. Not really because no one cares. But 100%. Uh, I'm writing down the time code. <laughs> 100% I watched it. I think we watched it in Anthropology. Remember No Purple Binders on Fridays? Yeah. Was that Anthropology? I thought that was Civics. Civics, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> whatever. Uh, but was Adam Doolittle in that class? I think he was. I think so. Yeah, because... There's, so there's a scene, so I think the phrase is wet nurse, right? Where you have someone else yeah, uh, feeding the baby, like, and so they're in Africa, so it's a black woman feeding the white baby, breastfeeding him, and I go... Adam, I remember. (laughs) I don't know if he was laughing or I know that I got some reaction from him. Uh, But but the Power One, yeah, that only has 2.3 thousand views. 
I got to mark that as viewed. Because <laughs> I've definitely seen it twice. I saw it, I think, um, uh, I saw it at like a youth group thing. It's excellent. So uh, it, I believe it's South Africa. The kid is British and they don't really like the apartheid and the Germans kind of do. Uh, I don't actually know what years it takes place. Uh, I might be, but uh, Daniel Craig is in it as a bad guy, as a Nazi, which is interesting because then in two other movies, he plays Jews in Munich and in Defiance, he plays Jews and then he plays a Nazi in this one. Kind of interesting. Uh, and that actually, this is a point that I didn't bring up, that I meant to bring up. There's a movie on Netflix, it's like Operation Final, or something like that, and it's about Israelis, and it's, uh, oh, what's his name? Who's Poe? Oscar Isaac. Yeah. Uh, going down to Argentina to get Himmler, or someone, some a high-ranking Nazi, and the high-ranking Nazi uh, is played by oh, what's his Ben Kingsley, <laughs> which is interesting because of Schindler's List, <laughs> etc. Yeah. Uh, I, I yeah, didn't no, know Stephen Dorff is PK at eighteen. Who's Stephen Dorff? I guess he's young. I wouldn't have known him. At that point. Who's Steven Dorff? He's in things. He was in Blade. <laughs> That's the main thing I know him from. Uh, that classic. Actually, quick, real quick. I was watching that uh, Chadwick Boseman tribute thing from 2020. The show 2020, not the year. Uh, <laughs> and then they kept saying how he, he was the first black superhero in his first like solo movie or something like that. And I'm like, there's a whole blade trilogy. What are you talking about? (laughs) But I don't know if they were also saying that he is the first black superhero. Black Panther was period. And he's in this. So I don't know, but come on people. Let's not forget blade blade two and blade Trinity. It's this continue. Well, did you hear about the U.S.? It all goes back to apartheid. Did you hear about the Supreme Court in the U.S.? Uh, uh, Ruth Boehner Ginsburg died, and yeah. everyone's flipping out. Whatever, that's not the point. But they're making it out like she was this fighter for women's rights and all this stuff, and she has all these quotes. Fine. Give her credit. I'm not trying to take any credit away from her. But she was the second woman on the Supreme Court. <laughs> Is that like everyone's talking as if she's the first one? Like, same yeah. point with you, right? Like, it's like, yeah, no, she's the second one. <laughs> yeah. It's, like, it's, it's like everyone giving, like, Buzz Aldrin, talk, like, ignoring Neil Armstrong. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> Yeah. Not to t- it's an accomplishment 100%. That has nothing to do with it. 
It's just weird how people talk about it. Uh, your turn. Well, I don't know. Did you have anything else to say about the power one? I kind of... Oh, just... It's uh, <laughs> another prison movie with uh, Morgan Freeman in it. Yeah. Uh, the music's amazing. Uh, the boxing, Africa, I don't know. It's just inspirational. This would be yeah, a Yeah, it spans a few years. Yeah. Like, like oh, yeah. you see the, the kid growing up kind of thing. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, I think it takes place, so it might not even be South Africa apartheid, maybe it is, I don't know, I should rewatch it and pay attention to it, but it was, because I know it's in the 40s, because there's, like, a German, uh, like, boarding school or whatever, and they all have the hots for Hitler, and they beat him up because he's British or whatever. But, uh... Yeah, that's yeah. one of the few things I remember is them peeing on him. Yeah. <laughs> Saying, PK stands for piss cop. <laughs> They're all peeing on him. <laughs> uh, yeah. Two African movies. Boom. I didn't even realize. You're that. on a roll. I'm, uh, where am I? Okay. going to get more recent again. 2013. Again, this is from filmmakers that, like, get some spotlight in some things, but then this one I feel like was under the radar. I think it's great. Better than their Oscar-winning film, The Descendants, Talking about Nat Faxon and Jim Rash. This one they not only wrote but also directed. It is called The Way, Way Back. And it is a coming-of-age summer movie. Um, saw it on Netflix. It's actually one of the Blu-rays that I purchased on our little trip. Where was that? The Deja Vu discs. I got it there. Um, I had seen it before, but uh, it is a delight. Um, great summer film. Uh, like I said, coming of age. So it's a teenage boy. He's, uh, I guess, the way, way back refers to the back, <laughs> back, back seat of like station wagons the ones that would like face backwards okay i don't i never knew it as that but i think that's where the term comes from so i think it opens with that he's sitting back there uh the car's all loaded up he's sitting alone back there and so it's him his mom i don't know if he has like a sister or something but they're going to the mom's new boyfriend's cottage or like beach house the, the boyfriend is played by Steve Carell. And I got to say, this movie accomplishes something that I did not think was possible. It makes Steve Carell unlikable. Like, mm. you straight up don't like him. <laughs> uh, well, 
first season of The Office. <laughs> no, but even that, it's right, like right. he's awkward, but he's kind of lovable. Like yeah. I, I do agree. Yeah, the first season, he's not as likable as later. Sure. But this, it's like he's cool, but he's a real dick. <laughs> like, uh, and just the way that he talks to the kid, it's like you a hole like the whole time, and but he doesn't say anything because like the mom likes him and whatever. But uh, the basic story is so he, they're living in this house for the summer, I guess, and uh, there's a water park nearby, and he gets a job there. And I guess one of the managers or someone is uh, played by Sam Rockwell, who kind of takes this kid under his wing. And he's like kind of a loser, but then becomes popular by the end of summer. Everyone loves him. Uh, and Sam Rockwell's like the opposite of Steve Carell. Like he is cool and likable and, uh, yeah, just like a fun guy. Love Sam Rockwell. He can be anything. Um, I used to get him mixed up with the other could be anything that we've talked about before. Um, Gary Oldman, the kind, he looks like a younger Gary Oldman kind of, and I don't think Sam Rockwell plays that diverse of roles, but like he can be a good guy and I believe it. He can be a bad guy and I believe it, uh, and everything in between. But, uh, this is one of the good ones that he is. And yeah, it's, it's just a, a good, pretty simple story could just go as like something you've seen before and but i think it's it's elevated with the writing this oscar winning team like i said they did descendants and uh what else did they write oh maybe that was it do you ever listen to uh gilbert godfrey's podcast no you should. Uh, you just got to find good guess. Uh, yeah. What's the guy, the clockwork orange guy? Malcolm McDowell. Malcolm McDowell was on it recently, and he's telling all these stories, but then they, the co-host uh, talks about how Malcolm McDowell, <laughs> McDowell is an inspiration to... What's his face? Specifically, Gary Oldman. And how okay. they have a pretty good relationship and all this stuff. And there's lots of interesting stories in uh, regards to that kind of stuff. But, uh, yeah, it's a fun show. It's just a lot of crazy stories and a lot of screaming and forced <laughs> laughter, which is fun. <laughs> nice um yeah so anyways this one i don't know why never got as much attention as is it descendants or the descendants i didn't like that the descendants all that much but maybe in one yeah like it's it's fine i don't think it's great like, I don't know if I just like the idea of Hawaii so much. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I just think yeah of these two that they've written, 
uh, I would, I definitely prefer the, the way, way back. I guess this one, uh, or the descendants was directed by Alexander Payne. And usually when you get like a director that is established with these kind of artsy movies, like he did sideways and Nebraska, like all these like hyped movies, I guess automatically gets hyped. But uh, I think these guys did a fine job directing the way, way back. And it's got lots of people in it. Um, you own it? Yeah. So I bought the Blu-ray when we were down in Scarborough. I would like it's to It's also watch. got uh, Tony Collette, Anna Sophia Robb, Allison Janney, Maya Rudolph, Amanda Peet, Rob Corddry. I love Maya Rudolph. Yeah, she I, is. She's probably like a small role in this, but like, yeah, she's. Did great you watch anything. that? Uh, I think it was on Netflix. I think Amy Poehler directed it. Wine Country or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah. Maya Rudolph's the only good thing. Well, I guess Tina Fey's all right in it. I was going to say, was it directed by Tina Fey? Maybe it was directed by It's one of them. <laughs> I like that movie, actually, yeah. I like Rachel Dratch. I, I didn't really <laughs> like it, but I liked parts of it, for sure. And specifically Maya Rudolph parts. I think she's she's wonderful. I think she's should get more stuff. You got to watch uh, MacGruber. Oh. <laughs> She's Let me borrow wife. it. I'll watch it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because uh-huh. that she's in my my all time favorite uh, Prairie Home Companion. Yeah, <laughs> and um, I don't know why, but she was with um, Martin Short. Yeah, on the David Spade. Talk show, so I don't know. Are they doing a show together? Those they two did a yeah. show together, and it was like a variety show. And okay. I saw, I didn't see all of the episodes, I just saw a couple here and there. Uh, but what I saw of it, like you could definitely see, like this is not gonna last, but I liked what I saw, like it was just useless and more, it was actually funnier than a lot of modern comedy where it's like yeah like it's more old variety type show type stuff but yeah yeah i think look look up that clip on david spade because i think they're what it is he introduces them as guests and they're just kind of standing there and they say they're not going to sit down until they laugh because he still has to do his monologue. So after every joke, they're just like, eh. <laughs> like <laughs> just roasting him. Like <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, and eventually I think he sits down cause he's just tired. <laughs> but Maya Rudolph and him, they, they play off each other pretty good. Yeah. Her Anyways. acting drunk in that wine country. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Um, Another person I love, Allison Janney, is in this. She's great in pretty much anything. Like, do you know her from the name? No, 
I'm trying to. She like she's in tons of things. Uh, she was on the West Wing. I think is probably when she. Oh, the older lady. Like, yeah. So she's in like Juno. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I know who she is. She's always pretty much the same character, but like in this one, I think she's like the neighbor at the beach house. So she's just the mother of like some other kid. So she's always just like yelling things over the fence and is probably always day drunk, but entertaining, very entertaining characters. Um, not much more I can say. I haven't watched that since buying it. I'm, I watched a few of these this week leading up to this. I didn't get to that one, but that one I just know is a fun time. I'll probably be rating it like a four and a half or more. There you go. Yeah. Uh, I know you didn't. You were supposed to take this when we did uh, Independence Day. Steve oh, yeah. Jobs. That's my yeah. most recent one. Two thousand. And I think you mentioned it on another. That's probably one that you did mention. Okay. I don't know for what. But yeah, I'll mention <laughs> it again. Uh, it is. So rewatched it. Danny Boyle. Speaking of West Wing, who's the writer of West Wing? Aaron Sorkin. Aaron Sorkin wrote it. Look at we're all yeah. we're it's like we planned this. <laughs> uh amazing. You wouldn't think that the premise, so instead of a traditional biopic, all it is is uh and the story just goes to three important launches during Steve Jobs' life. And it's just like be backstage and people are coming in and out. So it's obviously fictional. This never happened like this, but it just jumps through time. So it's like 80s and then like late 90s or early 2000s. And I think there's three distinct parts. Uh, and it kind of has the same thing where like oh this character 10 years later this character 10 years later and they're like the acting uh michael fassbender steve jobs you believe it uh and then kate winslet is his assistant and she's polish and she has a bit of an accent like it's definitely there but it's not overbearing She's amazing. I think she does the best performance in this movie. <laughs> like, uh, you just understand her and, uh, like the way that she deals with, uh, Steve Jobs is excellent. And, uh, it's very good at seeing, you think he's such a jackass and then, but then you see things from his perspective later on and then back and forth and uh, it makes you question what side you would be on on all these issues. And it's just very interesting, very engaging. I got my wife to watch it years ago, just like after I watched it, I think it was on Netflix or something. And it's like, just watch it, just watch it. I guarantee within 10 minutes you will be hooked and you'll watch the whole thing and she did and it's just uh yeah like not that no one knows about it it's just 
No one's talking about it. No one's talking about it. Not like I, I feel it is underrated. Probably, uh, it should be higher rank among things, but it's just like underappreciated, and yeah, no one's no one's going back to it. But like, I would say personally, obviously, this is my opinion. I hate. I try to catch myself. Say, fixing things when it's like well my opinion personally well obviously that's who's talking uh, <laughs> but I think it's actually better than the social network I like it more I don't even like the social network so I'd probably like it more <laughs> no, it's funny looking at uh, the few people that I actually follow on Letterboxd have all given it five There you go. that have rated it so yeah, um, average is a three point six. I find right. the averages on Letterbox are deceiving though, because majority are are giving it fours. If you're looking at the bars, but uh, yeah, and I think Letterbox has a tendency not to give high things, like people are harder. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I meant to borrow that. It was late when we finished, so I... There's two commentaries on it. Excited. (laughs) Okay, this one. (laughs) There's no way to segue into this, other than actually one of the actors in my previous... Pick is in it. Um, this is the one movie that I will admit is not a good movie, but it's a good, not good movie. Um, I saw this on, I think it was on like Xbox video uh, years ago. It was like, watch this for free this weekend or whatever. And I was like, okay. And I loved it. Um, and then I've been looking for it and it's been hard to find on physical, but then just browsing movies that are on Plex for free. Um, it has ads throughout it, but it was there. Um, this movie is called hell baby from 2013 and another duo written and directed uh this one their names thomas lennon and ben garant garant uh i know them from the very funny show reno 911 um that they created and star in they wrote and directed this it is a horror comedy um you could call it a spoof so going into it i had very low expectations which is why i love it so much because obviously this is going to be dumb and if you go in thinking that then you'll have a, a good time because yeah it is supposed to be dumb like it's making fun of things 
in the dumbest way possible, but like not even dumbest way possible, but, uh, it is that silly humor. So if you go in expecting that you're going to come out thinking they nailed it. And so, yeah, I watched it the other night and I was like, is this going to hold up to when I, when I first saw it, I might've laughed even more this time. I laugh all the way through it. Um, like I said, it, there's just kind of dumb jokes. They go on for longer than they probably should. That kind of humor. Uh, but I don't think it's dumb in the, like, uh, for the, the cheapest joke, like they're actually still good jokes. And usually it's just like the performances that the way that they are, that's what makes it drag on. But then when you go too far, it becomes funny again, kind of thing. Um, so the actor that carries over from my last one is Rob Cordry. Cordry. Um, he is a bald comedian you might know from Community, Hot Top Time Machine, Children's Hospital. He's in comedies. <laughs> um, he and his wife, played by Leslie Bibb, that is the reporter from Iron Man. Uh, they move into this house that's like the stereotypical horror house. Nobody wants to live there, but they move in and then find out that there are murders that happen there and all these bad things and whatnot. So it's your kind of s- standard <laughs> horror setup, but they're playing off of the, the cliches and tropes and stuff. Um, the star or at least show stealer is their neighbor or I don't even know if he is a neighbor but he just keeps popping up uh Fresnel played by Keegan-Michael Key is easily the best part of the whole movie uh anytime he shows up it's a good laugh because it's always like jump scares that like they keep throwing at you and it's usually like someone's looking one way and the cameras, you can't see like what's on the other side of the person. And then they turn and then see him and they freak out and it's done multiple times. <laughs> like I said, they go back to the same gag, but there are, there's at least one time where it's pl- played out even longer where the, both of them are startled by it. And they're both like, Oh, Oh, and it's like that for like a solid minute like them both doing it at the same time it's just like I can't stop laughing at it because it's just so dumb but like done perfectly Uh, and then the other highlight for me so it takes place in um, New Orleans and so there's at least two scenes you may even count three where um, they <laughs> characters go out for po'boys, shrimp po'boy sandwiches, and again, it's just a long scene montage of eating sandwiches, and people are just loving it, and just like <laughs> it's just dragged on. Closest of hot sauce being poured on, people chewing, moaning over it, and it's just like. 
the first time they do it, it's pretty long. And then I think the next time they do it, it's pretty quick, but still like the exact same things over and over. And it is hilarious. Um, it's got other noticeable uh, comedy people. Paul Shear, um, Rob Hubel, who is, I most know him from uh, I Love You, Man. Um, Thomas Lennon and um, Brad, or sorry, Ben Grant are both in it. They play priests that are like, they come to deal with this hell baby. So anyways, I kind of got away from the whole premise. They move into the house and then the wife becomes possessed. She's pregnant and they think that there's, well, yeah, she, she's possessed. She keeps kind of doing weird things, but like uh, the husband is the straight man, even though he's usually a comic actor, but like he plays the straight man pretty well. And I think that's what sells it is he just, he is playing it not as a comedy and it's just the situations that are funny. And there's even like a great line of after all these jump scares, uh, I should have wrote it down, but it's something like, I'm so sick of being startled, <laughs> like, but like just said completely straight. Like it's, it's great. Like I fully acknowledge it is a dumb movie, but in the best way possible it's a light 98 minutes um where else is it available it is on amazon itunes google play movies shutter canada and amazon prime video uh it is probably the lowest rated movie that (laughs) i have to talk about on this episode averages a 2.5 on letterboxd i give it a three and a half because I am of sound mind. I'm not going to say it's a five or even a four. It's a three and a half. It knows what it is, but it does it perfectly. And I can't, I'm good conscious given anything higher than that, but that's probably, well, it is higher than the average is going to give it. So hell baby, check it out. If you're going into it, knowing all that, you'll have a good time. Alrighty. Interesting. Uh, can't say that that will be the first on my list. But, uh, I, saw, I saw we'll your thing this. on Letterboxd there. Yeah. This was a cry for help. <laughs> I think this... See, you talk about knowing... Uh, what a movie is right. trying to no, be. No, I respect. I. <laughs> That's exactly what this is. It's like, that is what it's trying to be. I'm not going to give it a four and a half, like some Aquaman force feed. <laughs> oh. Uh, no, it's, it's good. That's what I'll say. It's good. And if you're wanting a dumb laugh, like, especially with a group, I'm sure it would play pretty well. Um, yeah, and Halloween's coming up. If you want a horror, but you also want to laugh, then uh, throw in Hell Baby.
So my next one is 2014's The Drop. Have you seen The Drop? I don't even know what that is. Uh, it has Tom Hardy in it. And okay. it has James Gandolfini in it. And it has okay. Numi Rapace in it. Okay. And it's about, I think it's New York or Boston. I think it's New York. I haven't seen it in a while. But uh, it's about uh, how mob money is dropped off at certain bars. And it's uh, like the bartender holds on to it as like a middleman to get it to the other guys and all this stuff. And it's just that kind of story. Uh, Tom Hardy plays this guy that's kind of slow and works at the bar and James Gandolfini owns the bar. And then Numi Rapaz is, gets involved with Tom Hardy because there's a dog and there's all this other stuff. And then there's this, uh, background story of uh, people going missing and all this stuff and then other uh, gangs and mobs getting involved and but it is just really excellent I intend to rewatch it soon actually it's pretty slow paced and Tom Hardy's just amazing as he always is and uh, there's great characters you feel for them you even feel for them when they don't do the right thing because you understand they're under a lot of pressure and it feels very real and uh yeah i there's a couple i guess it's a spoiler to say there's kind of little twists and turns but not anything crazy it's not like uh signs or something <laughs> like where there's actual twists but it's just like where it goes and you don't know who's gonna live and die and all the stuff but Tom Hardy is the best <laughs> by far there's no comparison what's his name Quentin should get him on board one of his movies ASAP if he's gonna do one more movie yeah. So, uh, yeah. And one of James Gandolfini's last performances, and mm-hmm. Numi Rapace from Prometheus is excellent in it as well. Yeah, I don't know. It's just that kind of world. I'm trying to think of what it reminds me of. But have you seen The Town? Not yet. No. It's, it's not like The Town, but it's just like, you can understand, like, this is New York-type situation. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I love it. Excellent. Um, what year is that? 2014. Perfect. I have one from the same year. <clears throat> um, another director who is well known but not as a director 
Apparently he's directed four films. But he's an actor in 107. This man is William H. Macy of Jurassic Park 3 fame. Mm. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Sahara. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mystery men. No. Um, so he's in this, but he's not the main character. This movie's called Rudderless. Okay, never heard of it. This is my lowest... No, wait. Hell Baby was. This one's also (laughs) fairly not seen. 4.9K. Sounds like still single digit thousands. But it's got some big names. Billy Crudup, Anton Yelkin, Felicity Huffman, Selena Gomez, Lawrence Fishburne. William H. Macy. So, Billy Crudup, who people will know from uh, my go-to. He is an Alien Covenant, yes. Or Mission Impossible 3. I always think of Almost Famous, which is close to his character in this because he's a musician in that, and this is about music. Um... I was trying to think of how to describe this without spoiling anything. I'm going to read the synopsis because I think it's a pretty good... Uh, it doesn't give too much away. So, a grieving father in a downward spiral stumbles across a box of his recently deceased son's demo tapes and lyrics. Shocked by the discovery of this unknown talent, he forms a band in the hope of finding some catharsis. So, yeah. Son dies. Won't go into how, because that's some of the... Anyways, yeah. Oh, (laughs) how. Uh, But he's this musician. The dad starts playing the music forms this band. I I wasn't sure if he formed it or if he joined another band. And then, yeah, I forget how it comes about, but rudderless because he lives on a boat. And then I think they end up calling the band rudderless. But the other main guy is Anton Yelkin, also another actor gone too soon. I think it's Yelchin. That's just how I've heard it pronounced. Okay. I But I don't know. Probably never. <laughs> it is a CH, but anyways, uh, yeah, he's like, uh, he, he died a couple of years ago or maybe last year, I, I forget, but a tragic accident. He was one of those, like, you could easily see him going on and, being a bigger star like i mean he's in the star trek movie so that's pretty big but like it's not like he was ever the star but he's kind of the main one of the main characters in this so he's the, the other he's a younger guy than billy crudup um and they kind of become friends and form this band the music is really good that they're playing like i remember that being shocking of like how much I enjoyed their music, uh, that they're making. Right. It's a little more like, cause the, the, the rest of the band and obviously the son are younger. So it's like, 
not quite the music that I listen to today, but I still appreciate and I probably would have listened to being that age. Uh, so it's not like crazy punk or anything, but like it's of like you just get that sense that it is a younger uh, sound. But yeah, soundtrack's awesome. Sunsets and afternoons Make it up, make it up for me And change the story Stylishly underdressed Unfazed and unimpressed Carry on, carry on, it's great You can't ignore me Don't stop, get with what you got You're so in motion And the story is really good I won't say too much about it because Again, sometimes just saying that there's a twist. Uh, to say there's a twist is, I don't know if it's deceiving or not, but right. the circumstances of the death are some of the most interesting thing. So we'll leave it at that. This is definitely like one of those. It came to me late thinking about Hidden Gems, but it's the perfect example. It's got all these big names and it's like no one knows about this. And I've there's at least one person I know I said, you need to watch this and he did and thought it was amazing. And it was like, Oh, I just want to talk about it with someone <laughs> after seeing it. And, um, it was on so Netflix. It's, low, it's rated low, but you think it's excellent. It hasn't been seen is the thing. It's not low. It's, it's got a 3.6 on Letterboxd, mostly fours. Okay. okay. 4,000 views. Um, so, yeah, it's just not well known. And, yeah, it was on Netflix. That's probably where I saw it. So I don't even own it. Um, it's available on iTunes, Google Play Movies, Cineplex, YouTube, and Tubi TV. Is Tubi the free one? Forget what Tubi is. Because if, if that one's free. Oh, when I go to it, it says content unavailable. Hmm. I got to rewatch this one. I have no way of doing it. I, I got to find if I can buy it somewhere. But uh, it is the hiddenest of gems. Um, give it a watch <laughs> if you can. <laughs> uh, have you seen, have I talked to you about Top Secret? I don't know if you have. I know of it. I have never seen it, though. Well, Top Secret is something that people should give. If you like airplane or naked gun type humor, this is right up there. It uh, it stands on its own. It's a Zucker, Abram Zucker production. Uh it's one of Val Kilmer's first roles. It's 1984. He 
is like a, a rock star kind of like Elvis personality and he's traveling to East Germany and then he gets caught up in uh, French or just I don't even know if it's French some resistance <laughs> fighting thing uh, French underground or German underground and he falls in love and that's it and it's ridiculous and insane and it is that type of like airplane humor. Have you watched what's uh, Angie Tribeca at all? No. It's a TV show. I think Steve Carell has something to do with it. But uh, what's her name? Uh, she's in Parks and Rec and in The Office. Rashida Jones. Yeah, she's the main. Uh, character in that and she's a cop and it but it's just like ridiculous one of the things i like oh okay yeah i've heard of that yeah and i've I've seen a couple episodes i think it's on something uh isn't the name something longer too yeah probably like that's the first part but then there's a whole other like and you know the uh i think it's the who or whatever like those csi things and then like it goes into like the opening (laughs) and it's screaming yeah, and it's like yeah, and then it's like rock and roll, and like uh, shows like some drug boats or something. But in this one, they'll always do that when they're coming back into the episode. But then it's literally someone screaming for some stupid reason. So someone's holding a hot pot of coffee or something <laughs> like that. And it's always stuff like that. So this top secret is in that vein, uh, just. You can't even remember. There's like a whole scene, uh, two scenes. There's one scene where everything's backwards. They say everything backwards and they do everything in reverse. It doesn't make, but it's just interesting. And then there's like things are just extended. Like they dive into this river or pond or lake or something. And then all of a sudden there's this whole underwater fight. Like they're in a. Uh, Old West Saloon, but it's all happening underwater. <laughs> it's just like so, like they're breaking chairs over each other in slow motion, but it's all <laughs> actually underwater and ridiculous. And then some of the uh, he like one of the jokes if you look up the trailer uh, is they'll he'll Val Kilmer sits down with this woman and. Perhaps my lecture was unwarranted. I am grateful for what you did back there. Well, you know, I think you'd really like America. We've got the Liberty Bell, Disneyland on both coasts. It's happening. Gekuchen ufen yum. Oh, I'm sorry. I really don't know any German. That's all right. I know a little German. He's sitting over there. (laughs) And then she turns and waves, and there's a midget German in his (laughs) Whole outfit. <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> it's that That's type a of joke. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Reminds me of actually. I heard it uh, talking about Gilbert Godfrey. I think I heard it on his podcast. Someone doing a joke, and then uh, I liked it. It's like I just went to my mechanic. He says he can't fix my brakes, so he just made the horn louder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Stupid jokes are great. So yeah, 1984. Uh, and I feel like this could bring comedy back. Comedy is suffering right now. It, like the scary movies, haven't seen them, but the scary movies and other ones like that where it's just references. Yeah. But it is in this type of vein, but it's like it's not really in that vein because they're pathetic. But it's just like I think people could use a good laugh. And these types of, if you made an airplane type movie where it's just like, don't call me Shirley and all this type of stuff, like, just stupid humor again, could maybe catch on. I don't know if it would be popular, but it could be fun. I feel like they, uh, like Zucker Brothers made one of, like, Scary Movie 3 or 4 or something like that. Right. So they were trying to get back into it. But, yeah, it was more continuing with the references than just Right, the just referencing something crazy. that's not funny. You got to yeah. make... Like, like, wrongfully accused is like that, where it's right. just... There are some things that are funny on their own, but most things are like, this is that scene, or this is... There's just like a guy with a lightsaber for <laughs> no reason. It's like, oh, that's a lightsaber. I recognize that. <laughs> like, right. No, the Leslie Nielsen and like Naked Gun and stuff, like, they're amazing. Some of the. They're, yeah, are, and they're referencing things sort of, but not directly. Like, it's more the but, tropes and cliches yeah, and the taking tropes, them to the genre. Farther. Exactly. So not directly, like maybe some of them are, but yeah. But yeah, just like, it's not funny if you just like refer to Star Wars. Yeah. Okay. That's not, so what? That means nothing. Like just. Yeah. When you start just doing a scene word for word, it's like, uh, I I see what you're doing. (laughs) Um, That would be. That's something I've even thought of doing, like a spoof episode, episode on spoofs, because <laughs> uh, right. there are a few that are actually great, like that, like airplane. Um, have you ever seen Loaded Weapon? Yeah, Loaded Weapon. It's like Lethal Weapon, but only like it. It's not always directly referencing that or other movies. It is more just like action movies. And right. it stars uh, Emilio Estevez and Samuel Jackson as the okay. two guys that get put together. Oh, they'll never work together. But <laughs> it's just, right. it, that is one that it's like, there are some direct references like Basic Instinct and like obviously Lethal Weapon. But for the most part, it's it's funny on its own. Uh, what else was I thinking? Hot Shots is another good one, which is mm, like Top yeah. Gun as the base. But like not everything is a Top Gun scene. It's just that's your backbone. So anyways, we could go through a few of those and just yeah. <laughs> have a good laugh. Um. Okay, 
this is probably the first one that I thought of thinking of hidden gems because um, I don't know anyone that's seen it unless I've shown it to them or they're my family. This is called Screamers. It's a movie from 1995 and stars Peter Weller. And I own this. I've owned it for a long time. I remember buying it. What's it called again? Sorry. Screamers. Screamers. I bought it from Sunrise Records in the Upper Canada Mall. I forget if it was even like a special order. Um, But I remember purchasing it and the guy behind the counter looking at it and he's like, Peter Weller. I didn't know he did anything other than RoboCop. And I was just like, okay. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Just let me be on my way. Uh, So this is... um, an adaptation of a Philip K. Dick story, I believe. Yes. Um, or, yeah, short story or novella called Second Variety. Basic premise, there are these things called screamers, and they it's basically like tremors in space, but the screamers are machines and they're man-made uh, but they travel underground. They are used, um, I guess, as protection for these space colonies, or I forget what they're doing, if they're mining or what, but it's on this planet, um, and they're all underground. You got to wear a special wrist thing that basically tells you that or tells the screamers not to attack you if they see that but if someone's gets in proximity they'll just like they're called screamers because they make like a screaming kind of sound and like tremors you kind of see them moving underground but they're obviously a lot smaller than the graboids and tremors they're these are just kind of like ball sized robots Um, so that's like your basic setup. Peter Weller has been working at this thing for a while. And then there's a reason that he has to travel from their colony to another one. And it's one of those things where it's like your thing's going to act up and you're going to get attacked or basically they find that, um, it's what other movie is this in? It's like, Machines making machines. That's a good idea. I forget if that's like a Terminator movie or something else. That's, I know exactly where it's from. Where they say it. I don't know where it's original. What do they say then? <laughs> Attack of the Clones. C3PO says. <laughs> machines making machines. Okay, that's Somewhere. not what I'm thinking. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> well, I'm thinking of this is. movie actually. Um, but yeah, basically it's like humans made them, but then it's being automated underground and basically they're evolving. And so the novella being called second variety makes sense because I guess then there's the next level and then they find out there's even a next level. And so they're getting, um, deadlier and deadlier. And, uh, 
yeah, it, uh, without giving too much away, becomes quite the deadly adventure on this planet. Got to get off the planet, as you always have to do in these types of movies. And uh, you don't know who to trust, one of those kinds of movies. Um, and I think I originally saw it on TV, maybe. And I feel like it was edited down, but like even seeing the full version, it wasn't changed too much for me. I feel like maybe the ending got cut off when we did it on TV. So it was like the ending was new to me when I bought it, but uh, didn't really change it too much for me. So this one being a hidden gem, I don't think many people have heard of it, but it did no, get... I've not heard of it. It got a sequel like within the past 10 years, like a, a direct-to-video sequel, which I purchased because I saw it um, at a hawk shop or something. So I was like, oh, Screamers. This doesn't really look like it, but uh, if it's in the same vein, it should be fun. But it was basically like a Starship Troopers sequel, that kind of quality. I don't know. I've... I think I've seen one Starship Troopers sequel, but it's like TV quality doesn't get it. <laughs> uh, just very dumb. The action's not even that great. The one actor that I knew in it was the guy that plays Arrow on the TV show Arrow, Stephen Amell. Uh, and that one I don't mind spoiling. Um, at the very end, he and probably the main girl, what, whatever the story is, it's pretty much the same as the first one. They get off the planet, but then she ends up being pregnant and it's growing like super fast. And then the, it's the stupidest thing. It's like, it turns out that he is a screamer at the very end and impregnated her. And it's like them going back to what? earth. And it's just like, yeah, it's like, oh, this is going to blow their minds. And then I'm just like, this is so stupid. Like, uh, yeah, it's not a spoiler, but in the first one, there are screamers that look like people kind of like terminators. So it's not like it's a completely bizarro, Thing, but the fact that she's impregnated by one, <laughs> like they, it's so dumb. <laughs> and that's the ending. And it's like the ship flying off and being like, no. <laughs> and it's just so stupid. But the first one, I think, is great and great world building because it's it's pretty slow at the start, and it's like. You got you got the the rules of the the universe and stuff and okay these things exist and then there's also things with the planet of being like sometimes the air is there's some sort of toxicity and they have these like red cigarette things that they have to light up and like that's how they breathe or like they got to take a a puff of that so that they like neutralizes stuff in their lungs it's like okay that's cool that's unique. We're, we're getting somewhere that this is like, it's not Earth, blah, blah, blah. So it's pretty cool. Um, pretty small cast, too, like not a ton of characters in this. But uh, it's a good, fun time, great sci-fi. Um, and, yeah, I don't think many people know about it. 
sounds good. Uh, have I talked to you? I think I might have on this one. Waking Ned Divine. Mm, I know the title. I don't know anything else. <laughs> Waking Ned Divine. It's uh, takes place in Ireland, and it's this old little village. <laughs> And the premise of it, it's a small little village, so everyone knows each other, all this stuff. And then Ned Divine, so, or I don't really actually remember his last name, but Ned, uh, his friends come over to check on him, and he has passed away. And in his hands is the winning lottery ticket. And he's sitting in front of the TV. I may have seen the beginning of this, actually. Is there, like, a whole beginning when everyone's watching the lottery? Yeah. I feel like I've seen the the beginning. I definitely haven't seen all of it, but I do remember some UK thing and, like, an older man yelling at his wife... Because he, oh, yeah. he's watching the TV and she, all this stuff going on. I think I've it seen is the a very good comedy. It's not a laugh a minute type of like every single thing's a joke, but there's a couple excellent scenes. So the whole premise of the movie is uh, his two friends. One of them takes his place because the Lotto and Gaming Commission is going to come by to verify that it's him. To give him his winnings. Mm. So then they have to pretend that he's still alive. And then they pretend that this other guy has died. Right? And it's a whole thing. And then more and more people get in on it. So then they have to keep splitting the winnings. Up, right? And then eventually it's agreed that the whole village is in on it. Uh, and then, but there's one crabby old woman that disagrees and she's going to go phone the cops or whatever. It doesn't matter. But so it's a whole thing. And there's a couple scenes. There's a whole scene where the guy's dead and his dentures fall out and they're trying to put them back in. And it's just funny, stupid comedy. There's a heartfelt moment where they're at this guy's funeral. They're really at Ned's funeral, but they keep referring to him as the other guy because the lotto and gaming commission guy is there, so the whole town has to pretend that this other guy is the other guy. It's all complicated, but it's heartfelt because it's almost like this guy's at his own funeral because everyone's actually talking about him. And that he's doing this whole thing so that the town can split the winnings. And, yeah, it's excellent. actually viewed it on the ferry between Newfoundland and Nova Scotia. <laughs> so, just that like seems fitting. Not male. <laughs> so, yeah, highly recommend Waking and Divine. 1998, the one of the main guys is, uh, he looks 
he must be the model for it. He looks exactly like the guy playing chess in the Pixar short. <laughs> <laughs> or the guy that fixes Woody. And then the other guy, I should have their names, is uh, Robert the Bruce's dad in Braveheart. Okay. The guy that has leprosy. <laughs> so... He's Scottish in that and Irish in this. I don't know. That's acting for him. That's range. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to pull uh, off both accents. Can't tell the difference. But yeah, no, Waking Ned Divine. Uh, all these I need to rewatch. The only one that I've watched recently really is, uh, well, no, Blowout and Steve Jobs. Well, I watched something recently. Um, I'm just trying to... I think I kind of only have one more. My second one, I don't know if it really should count, and I think I've talked about it recently. Okay. I only have one more, and this is my top. Everyone needs to see this movie. Okay. I love it. Uh... And if you've been watching my letterbox, you'll, you'll know this movie. Every morning, that's what I wake up to, Adam's letterbox. <laughs> what did Adam watch? Hitting refresh. What is he wrong about? <laughs> okay. 2017, this movie came out. I heard about it for one of the festivals. I don't know if it was TIFF or something else. So I... I couldn't tell you when it, what it came out at, but uh, I remember it was going to be playing in Barrie and I didn't get a chance to see it. But I think eventually it showed up on Netflix. And I've since purchased the Blu-ray, watched it just the other day, and still as good as I remembered. 2017, Brigsby Bear. I cannot speak more highly of this movie. Uh, it is hilarious and not in a modern jokey kind of way. It is just situational and performances and stuff like that. There, there are almost no jokes in it, but it is hilarious. Like, that was one of the things watching it this time. Do you own this? Yeah. Okay, good. I'm not a fan of the cover art. The <clears throat> The poster that they have on Letterboxd is amazing because it's like the Sears portrait type thing. The star Kyle Mooney sitting there. and then there's, What's this movie called again? It's called Brigsby Bear. So let me give you a bit of a synopsis. And this is another one that I'm like... How much do I really reveal about this to give a good sense without giving certain things away? Um, okay, again, we'll just go with the synopsis. It doesn't tell you much, but I'll, I'll probably give you a bit more than what it has here. Brigsby Bear Adventures is a children's TV show produced for an audience of one, James. 
When the show abruptly ends, James' life changes forever, and he sets out to finish the story himself. So I knew it's not a twist because it's within the first, like, five to ten minutes. But the twist, and if people really (laughs) care, but like I said, I knew this going in and it didn't affect how I enjoyed it. You can skip ahead. The twist is he is um, he was a child who was abducted and is raised by this other couple without him knowing. And they basically raise him inside this like underground home where he has no contact with anyone except through what he thinks he's having contact with people through the computer. Turns out it's just a closed network. He's not even on the internet. Uh, so like within the first 10 minutes, um, the cops come and like rescue him, but he doesn't even realize he needs rescuing. So his fake parents have been making, or at least his fake dad played by Mark Hamill, have been making yeah. this uh, TV show, Brigsby Bear, since he was a kid. And it keeps showing clips and stuff. And it, it basically started out as a way for, like, not that not just to brainwash him, but also, like, a learning tool. So, like, it's a real, it seems like a real kid show, but then it's, like, teaching him math or, like, don't touch yourself or like just little lessons every like here and there. Like those are kind of the only jokes, I guess, but like they're just played straight as like, yeah, it's kind of psycho what happened to him. But he is this character that he's grown up that way and he loves the, the show. That's all he's really known. And he's obsessed with it still. And it's like, it's a story of him kind of being reintroduced into society and his real family and just being socially awkward, but not in the like, Oh, the big bang theory. They're, they're so socially awkward. They don't know what's what, like they don't know how to talk to people. And it's like, no, this guy hasn't ever talked to people. He's trying. And like, I think that's the charm of it is like, he's so good at being like, completely innocent but like really trying to fit in but also like you can see his feeling of awkwardness so that's where a lot of the humor is is that kind of fish out of water but like he's really trying kind of thing like he'll just repeat things that other people say um and it's just awkward but yeah it's it's such a unique story like it's a dark concept but it's a comedy. And like I said, not a lot of jokes. There's a lot of comedic actors in it, but they're not, they're just playing things completely straight. Like it's, it almost doesn't feel like a comedy, but I was laughing out loud a lot through it. And, uh, yeah, lots of like recognizable people. Kyle Mooney is the main character. I think he might've written it. He is, uh, Yeah, he's one of the writers. So he's on Saturday Night Live and is not very well known. He's wasted on Saturday Night Live. He's never really 
He doesn't really do much on it. It's a waste of his talent. If you want to see like his humor, check out his YouTube channel. Like I was just looking at it now. Uh, I think it's just called Kyle, but uh, he's got a lot of like really just kind of weird against socially awkward characters that he's just doing as if like these people have um, vlogs, I guess. And they are hilarious. And I loved all these. And then that's what, what kind of got me on the radar for Brigsby Bear. So I wanted to see when it comes out. And it's, yeah, like, he. I don't think he'll ever be bigger than this. Like, it's kind of is, like, I can't see him being a big movie star or anything. Like, Saturday Night Live is probably, like, the most widespread he'd ever be. But like I said, he's never really used properly in that um but yeah brigsby bear it's i don't I, i've kind of spelled out what it all is but still knowing that going in it's just it's it's so entertaining to watch like it's so bizarre and different and like mark hamill's not in it much but like he's used properly because he is kind of the brains behind this TV show and he does all these voices and stuff. It's like live action, but like right. the bears in a costume. So he's doing the voice for that and the bad guy that's called sun snatcher. And it's basically just like his face in a ball in the sky. And it's just like bizarre, but like, believable also at the same time like it's set in the real world and it's like yeah no i can i can kind of believe this and uh one of the characters um the detective that's handling the case is played by greg kinnear who i love and like he's a great character in this um because he's like i don't know he kind of becomes his friend i guess um when he probably shouldn't because he should be treating it as a case but uh he's great so one thing i didn't know the first time watching but i noticed when it started there was the lord and miller uh crest for their production company or whatever it is so it's produced by phil lord and christopher miller as well as the Lonely Island. Uh, so it's like two powerhouses right there. <laughs> I don't know this director by name. And yeah, he hasn't really done anything else. Literally, like he's done one other thing. Uh, so he's not really anything. But like the movie looks great. It's well edited. It's got a great score, like kind of a um, lots of piano and keyboards, but like um, I guess they call it EDM. Kind of like what's what's cool now with the Stranger Things kind of retro um, techno sound. Um, Andy Samberg even has like a cameo that's not like forced or anything. He's just a character that shows up. There's just so many things to love about this movie. Uh, but yeah, the story being completely unique 
and characters being likable and it being so funny without seeming like it's trying hard. Like right. it's just naturally funny, just the things that are going on and how characters are acting and reacting. Uh, like he see, he goes to see a movie for the first time. He only has ever known that this show exists. So then going to see a movie is like this huge deal. And it's like, he, I can't even describe like his, he's just so excited by it and talking about it afterwards. It's like, so childlike, the childlike wonder. <laughs> and there's lots of comedies where it's like about a man child or man children in some cases. This is the one that it like completely makes sense that a person would be acting this way. And he's not completely childish. He's still trying to be an adult in some ways but yeah it's just people gotta see this movie it's i that's why i say it for last it's like go on and on how much i love this movie and uh i'll probably be watching it again i think it probably has a commentary or even if it doesn't i'll probably watch it again soon because i love it you've sold me i'm interested yeah very unique and different and hilarious. Five stars. Easy uh, five stars for me. Alrighty. Awesome. Well, you helped me f- pick my last one because there was a other one here, but I don't have much to say about this one. But uh, just to... He ended it off on a happy note movie. Quick and simple. I think it's under the radar. Lord and Miller, cloudy with a chance of meatballs. Yeah. <laughs> that, like, there's those Disney ones like Meet the Robinsons and Bolt and other stuff where it's like they came and went and no one ever talks about them. Mm-hmm. And this one, like, to an adult, you would, like... Okay, whatever. That sounds like just generic. Yeah. Nothing. But it actually is excellent and unique and one of the better uh, non-Pixar animated movies of the last decade or so. And, uh, yeah, it just crazy wacko humor in it and just, yeah, it's excellent. I don't know what more to say, but yeah, a lot of unexpected things. But if you like Lord and Miller type stuff, 21 Jump Street type stuff, but uh, I think 21 Jump Street, but for kids and (laughs) everything's appropriate and fun and bonkers. Yeah, Uh, it's funny. It's actually more than 10 years old now because it's 2009. (laughs) And I remember going to see up on our honeymoon and seeing a preview for this. I don't even think it was before the movie. I think it was out in the the lobby or there was one of the like stand up cardboard things or something. And I was like, that looks like crap. (laughs) Like basically like not Pixar, not for me. Like that kind of idea. Well, and I don't know. I definitely saw, clips of the like raining hamburgers and i'm like 
that's what your movie is. Okay. Not interested. But then as soon as I found out Lord and Miller, then it's like, okay, worth a look (laughs) because I was already on board with other things. Um, I think I saw it before the Lego movie. I think like I've talked about before clone high I was into. So, uh, just knowing them from that. And then it's like, okay, there's another cartoon by them. It's funny clone high and this, the animation, even though one's 2d one's 3d, I feel like the character design, you can actually see similarity. So I'm sure part of the animation team was probably the same, but yeah, love cloudy with a chance of meatballs and I should put it on more often for the kid, <laughs> but I can right, enjoy it. Exactly. That, <laughs> I was thinking also, uh, uh, I bought, uh, the how to train your dragon trilogy. Yeah. Haven't seen the third one, only seen the second one once. So I thought we should do those, uh, as a, one-off episode talk about all three and then just because uh art of the score yeah one of their last episodes so i'm gonna i haven't listened to that episode yet but i'm gonna re-watch the first two and then watch the third one and then listen to that episode and uh yeah it would be an interesting easy episode to discuss because those are usually pretty highly ranked, I think, as far as non-Pixar animation goes. Yeah. I don't even know. I can't even remember if I've seen the second one. I know I've seen the first one probably a couple times. I think I saw the second one in theaters, and that's it. Hmm. So, yeah. But, yeah, that's our show little hidden gems for you there that is i have okay. to say adam I'm just, a lot of yours sound appealing to me. <laughs> actually yeah um, you, you sold them pretty good there i was just gonna say this is ranked way too low on letterbox cloudy with a chance of meatballs most people are giving it a three <laughs> like did you even watch it it no, is hilarious um, yeah, I, let me see how many of these I own. So I have Rigsby Bear Screamers, The Way Way Back, Aladdin and the King of Thieves and Brick. So there's only a couple that I don't own. Rudderless, I really got to get my hands on because I forget when I watched it. It was, it's been a few years, but, uh, it sticks with you. Um, yeah, we got to do like an exchange <laughs> of movies. There's yeah. been a few, I know I have some of yours that I haven't watched. <laughs> I got to watch Sorcerer's. Yeah, I still. have some of yours. I still haven't watched, uh, or rewatched Harry and the Hendersons. We gotta, you but, gotta do that for our and like all episode. of these. I would say, I don't know, like Steve Jobs, yeah. The other ones, 
I don't even know if I would say five out of five, but they're just solid. Yeah. Movies. I'm trying to think like some of these, because I wasn't using letterbox, I didn't rate them. So only the couple that I watched recently. Rudderless. I don't know. I'll have to watch it again, but it's up there. Screamers is probably a solid four. Same with Brick. So Brigsby Bear is a five. Um, Rudderless maybe more, and The Way Way Back maybe more. But mostly, yeah, solid fours. Hell Baby, I'm giving a little bit less because I'm acknowledging it's not a great movie, but it's great entertainment. <laughs> But yeah, I understand if you don't rush out to to find that online. So thanks for listening. Join us next week for a topic that we haven't decided on. <laughs> I love all-